Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith. And I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. We're about to go into a really encouraging message called How to Wreck Your Life. <laughs> Who's encouraged about that? Anyone excited about how to wreck your life? Um, how do you wreck your life? Let's pray. God, I thank you um, that, God, you're the solution and the answer to our questions when sometimes we feel like it would be so easy just to wreck our life. Uh, and the way that we're going, we maybe feel we are wrecking our life or we feel uh, that we have wrecked our life. But, God, I thank you that you're a solution to the problem. Uh, and Jesus came to give us life, to fix us up uh, and to send us out. We thank you, pray you speak to each and every person here in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. How to wreck your life. So last week, um, we were in a, in a series called Habits. And, and the first uh, message that we spoke on this was about identity. And, and it's more about if we can figure out who we are, you'll know what to do. And, and if your identity is right, it'll shape actions. And it'll shape the right actions where if your identity is wrong, your identity will shape the wrong actions. And so some of us are, are wondering, why are we acting up? Why do we keep doing the same uh, bad habits or same uh, destructive habits on a continual basis? What's going on in, in our life? Why can we not stop? And, and some of you are there right now. There's maybe 60% of your, your life is good, but there's some areas that are not. And, and you're struggling because you're in a bad habit. Um, and we learned that last week, if you're always waiting then you're always wanting and you're never winning. Because if you're always thinking about a goal, oh, I'll fix it next year, I'll fix it next week, six months time, I'll be able to fix this. Or you're always thinking, I would love to do that. I would love to, to be there. I would love to be like that person successful in my job or at home as a, as a parent. Or, or I would love to meet someone and it's always an idea, it's always a goal, but there's no change. And you're not winning. And we learned that winning isn't maybe this thing in the future. Winning is something you can do today. So maybe we need to, to rejig. We, need, we nearly need to redefine what success looks like. It's not something in the distant. It's something in the present. So, so how can I win today? And, and we talked about how, hey, the, the most important thing that we do on a daily basis is, is, is what affects everything else, is, is who am I? Because who you think you are determines how you act. Who you think you are determines how you think. Who you think you are as a person determines where you go. And so if you can't figure out who you are, and if who you are is seen as a sinner or as a bad mistaker or, or someone who has bad habits, then guess what's going to happen in your life? Bad habits, sin, brokenness, dysfunction. Whereas if you can see yourself as someone that is whole, sinless, that's not, no longer, my identity is no longer a sinner. I'm sinless. Not because, uh, because I'm not defined by my actions. I'm not defined by what, what I do. I'm defined by who I am. Because who I am defines what I do. Are you with me? And so let's, let's, let's not just try and clip the leaves off the poison or, or the, the poison ivy. Let's, let's take it by the roots. And, and when you get the identity, you take it by the roots. The root of the problem is your identity and so if we can get small wins daily, we create big wins yearly. 
if we can get small, listen, if you've got a Bible or if you've got a phone, I would love for you not to be on Facebook, but to be in your notes section and taking notes. I wonder if we could be a church where we take notes as a predecided decision that we, there, there were people that take notes daily. A church, we're not just sitting there kind of hoping for the best, that it's just a goal. Well, you know, you know it's going to look like change? Take a note. Memorize it. Remember it when, when the enemy comes, write it down. Oh, no, what did Jesus do in the desert when the enemy came to tempt him? Oh, no, but the Bible says, oh, he maybe took some notes. He maybe read some scripture. He maybe learned some things off by heart so that, so that when the enemy came, he remembered. And so one thing I've realized, um, and I, I just loved, we got this series from the Life Church in, in Oklahoma. Uh, a guy, Craig Rochelle, is just amazing material the church that actually created the Bible app. So I'm actually going to post this week to help you out. Please do it. There's going to be, there's actually a, a, a reading plan that partners with this series, The Habits. I would love you to do it. It's only six days. Just one thing. It's, it's, not, it's not a lot to ask, but I'm telling you, if you want life change, if you want to get fired up, this is, we, we've got to do something. Um, and so what I realized is, and, and what he talked about was, a lot of people uh, in life mostly have the similar goals. You know, a lot of people um, want to have good health. They want to have financial security or, or, or strength. Um, they want to have good relationships. They want to belong and be a part of something. And so for the most part, no matter what way you frame it or what way you say it or whatever language you use to, to, to express that, we all have the same goals, really, when it, when it comes down to it. But... but one thing I've never heard someone say is, my goal this year is to, I, I want to gain five stone. My goal this year is to gain five stone, and I'm just excited about it, and I can't wait to get there, and, and just, you know, just, I, I just can't wait to be, feel unhealthy, I can't wait to feel lethargic, I can't wait to feel rubbish. I've never, ever heard anyone say that. Or maybe, uh, Another thing I maybe think about would be, you know, I've never heard someone say, I can't wait to get older um, so I can go to the hospital and they can tell me, you know, we've got some problems with your lungs because there's too much tar in there. And, and I just can't wait to get to that, that, that sitting room with that doctor who's giving me the news. I can't wait for him to tell me the bad news. I can't wait to get there. I've never ever heard anyone say that. I've never heard someone say, um, I can't wait to go to Nationwide or the Ulster Bank, and, and to go in there and say, listen, sir, um, you're, you're 30 grand in debt. I can't wait to go there and visit them and for them to tell me this, this news that, that I'm 30 grand in debt because I just loved Amazon and that prime one-day delivery is unbelievable. So, so I just can't wait to go to the bank and say, thank you for, the 30 grand, for letting me know about the 30 grand debt. I'm so excited. I've never, ever heard anyone say that. One click, 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 click. See, no, what we've realized is no one ruins their life, usually with one decision. No, I don't know of anyone that's really, one, they've ruined their life on purpose, but they've ruined their life in just one click. It's usually multiple clicks consistently over time, in routine. It's usually multiple bad habits over time 
It's usually one draw at a time. It's usually one step at a time. It's usually going to the wrong places one week, one day, one night at a time. And over time, you end up, your future self ends up in a place where you never thought you would be. And I remember hearing this story of a pastor in the States. He had spent 17 years building this beautiful church, beautiful people, reaching thousands of people. They, they, they worked it out that on average they reached seven people a week. So it was a good habit, just being faithful in the small, and they ended up with about 15,000 people. And then something happened relationally with, with another woman, and it didn't happen overnight. Just one step at a time. One step at a time. And he ended up having to get removed from the church. Lost everything that he had built his life around. Everything he had vested his time in was gone. But so often we see that and think it just was one bad decision, but it wasn't. It was going a wee bit too close to the edge one day, and everything was okay. No one called him out. There was no repercussion. Going too close to the edge again another day, sitting right on the edge, maybe the next year, then the year after that, he's maybe starting to step a wee bit over the edge, and then eventually, years down the line, he loses it all. Now, praise God, thank you, Jesus, that he was able to repent and be restored, and he's back in ministry. But listen, we don't want anyone to ever be in that situation. But it doesn't happen usually with one, just one bad decision. It's awful quiet in here. <laughs> and so let's look at Judges 16 and 1. It says, one day, one day Samson, I don't know if any of you have heard of this guy Samson in the Bible, but he's a guy in the Bible who's got, he's got so much favor of God on his life. He's got so much potential. He's got so much strength, so much ability to lead so much favor that people were so jealous of him. They were trying to catch him out. And here we have it. It says, one day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. These are the, this is the Bible. What? This is the Bible character that we, that we talk about, how strong he was. But, but one day he went and seen a prostitute. He went to spend the night with her, which means he went to, to get hooked up. Yeah? You know, you know what that means, yeah? <laughs> Can you read between the lines? Got to censor this. You know, this is a... And so the interesting part about this is, well, okay, he had some feelings. He had some, obviously, thoughts, ideas. <laughs> they probably seemed quite exciting at the time. Oh, don't you get all antsy thinking, that's disgrace, I'm so holy, I would never do that. Yes, you would. You would never have those thoughts. Absolutely, you would. If you're on this earth and you have a pulse, <laughs> you're not susceptible to the powers of sin. And I think that's the problem with often the church, is the church has become this place where we're not allowed to be honest. We're not allowed to be honest about who we, the feelings we truly feel. And so because we can't be honest, the, the Bible says confession brings healing. We don't talk about it, and no one gets healed. And no one gets freed from real stuff because we're, we're in our little bubbles and trying to be perfect Christians and 
the car's perfectly clean on a Sunday, but yet we don't deal with real issues. And the enemy comes and steals. And the enemy comes and destroys and, and destroys relationships and destroys marriages. But listen, we're not going to be a church like that. We're going to be real. We're going to talk about real stuff. And if you're young and you're being brought up and you're in here and you're like, whoa, this is close to the edge. Well, you know what? If we don't talk about it, the world will. Your friends in school will. Uh-huh. Oh, you can access the websites. So, so as a church, we need to have a voice that's bold. We need to have a voice that teaches you truth. So when the enemy comes to destroy your life, you can say, no, no, I heard in church. This is not a surprise. And so he went to spend the night with her. And so, so the question is, where's Gaza? And why is he going there? And who would do that? <laughs> Tons of people in here and around the world are doing this kind of stuff all the time. We're making decisions like this all the time. We're actually in the habits of doing this. And so uh, from doing a bit of research, I looked and found out that uh, Gaza was 25 miles away from Samson's hometown. Now, if we look at that in steps, that is 56,250 steps. What am I trying to tell you? Samson didn't ruin his life with one step. Oh, habits. Samson didn't ruin his life with his first step, with his second step. He didn't, he didn't fall to the temptation with his third step. It was a habit, a process of walking towards a goal that he thought would bring him fulfillment, that he thought would get him what he wanted. And if we, if we look further on down the line, what was it that destroyed Samson in the long run was a similar kind of scenario. See, most of us don't wreck our lives all at once. <laughs> it's for the most part, it's the step-by-step -step process. It's a habit that we get into that's unchallenged. No one's there to call us out. No one's there to say no. No one's there to give us accountability because we're too afraid to talk about it because that would look like you're not perfect. But actually, on the flip, what happens is you never heal. And the enemy sabotages your life, sabotages all that God's trying to do, sabotages your purpose because you don't feel an environment or you're in, you're in any environments or it's even preached about or it's even spoke about from a way that, hey, you're allowed to be imperfect. God is perfect. Jesus is a perfect sacrifice so that you're allowed to be imperfect and receive his love and his grace to allow you to overcome. But the whole point is that you can be honest. The best starting point for you in your relationship with God is to be honest. Because once you start lying to yourself, it's a, it's a dark road. And so we see here in James 1 and, two, 1 and 21, it says, Therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So what's James saying? He's saying, listen, we need to get into habits of confession. We need to get into habits of being honest. We need to get into habits of speaking to one another. We need to get into habits of doing things God's way. Maybe you need to get into habits. Maybe you're saying, oh, I've got a bad attitude. We need to first recognize that, take responsibility, and say, well, God, I need to get a good attitude. I need to... to, to to somehow break this bad attitude. Maybe you're saying, I I've got a gossiping tongue, but I do it in such a way that's so disguised. But, hey, can I pray for you? What's going on in your life? 
I've got a gossiping tongue, and so I'll just put a spiritual language around it, but really I'm gossiping. And so how do we break that? Maybe I'm slandering people behind the scenes. How do we break that? Because it becomes a habit. It becomes like it's very hard to resist because you're just there's a there's a there's an excitement that comes with it. Maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's porn. Maybe you're addicted to social media. There's plenty of accountability in this room for me. <laughs> maybe you have low self-esteem. Or there's a substance abuse. How do we break the habit? How do you wreck your life? It's wrecking my life. How do, I, how do I break the triggers? And so if more than one person, I heard this said, if more than one person who cares about you tells you you have a problem, you probably, sorry, you probably have a problem. That's why humility, God works through humility and saying, right, okay, I take responsibility for the problem. Then we can start And this is the one thing that I think is so important to have clear expectations. Good habits are hard to start. So this is really important. If you're trying to get a good habit, I, I've been in the habit this week of getting up, coming to church and praying at six or at seven o'clock till eight. I promise you, not every day felt nice. But I know I've pre-decided that's what I need to do. I need to, I need to weigh it up, right? I need to go to bed earlier now because I feel like a zombie in the morning. It's a good habit, but I've got to manage it and, and, and go back to the drawing board and figure out, is this, why am I not feeling right? What's wrong? I don't feel as fresh. And the problem was I was going to bed at 12 and getting up at six. And so I'm going to have to go to bed earlier. Um, and so good habits are difficult at first, but, they've, but they pay off, or sorry, their payoff is in the future. Your future self will thank you. <laughs> When you're at the bank, your future self will thank you. When you're at the hospital, your future self will thank you. When you get into good habits. What good habits can you get into church? This happens so often when it comes to church. Uh, uh, it feels awkward at first. Oh, I went to church, but no one said hello. Or I went to church, and I went to one of the groups, and I didn't feel comfortable. Of course you didn't. You're starting a new habit. It's a good habit. It doesn't feel comfortable. It's not supposed to. There's an enemy out there roaring and waging war against your soul. It's never going to feel good. Initially, the flesh will cry out, but what if you could humble yourself and allow God and pray to God, God, give me strength to be consistent. What if you start to come to church, not just for one week, but for four weeks? Maybe you might begin to make some friends. What if you began to show up more consistently? Maybe God might begin to move because good habits take time to ingrain themselves and your future self well, thank you. Reading the Bible, oh, I don't feel all spiritual from reading the Bible for three days. Of course not. It takes time to get into a good habit. Have you ever, we talked about driving the car. Initially, when you start to drive the car, it doesn't feel good. You're concentrating about all these things that you have to do, but then it becomes subconscious. Every day I'm coming in here in the morning, I try to, I, I want to learn the guitar a wee bit better. And I come in and strum a few chords and and at the start, my fingers were aching. <laughs> and it sounded awful. It just sounds a wee bit less awful now. And I do it when no one's around, so I don't have to hurt anyone's ears. But, but 
at the start, it didn't feel like something I really wanted to do. There was pain involved. There was, I had to commit to it and do it every day. But as I, I, I've been doing it, I'm starting to now enjoy it. It's becoming subconscious to go from G chord to D chord to, to E minor. Also, if you play an instrument, you need to talk to us, okay? Just, that's a side note. We need you. We're building world-class worship here. We need you. Um, I'm being serious, Dylan. Why are you laughing? You see, Dylan, Dylan at the start on the keyboard, because he was tuned musically with theory, more theory with the piano and you know all the, the stuff in front of him. I know all the technical terms. Can you tell? Uh, and so he was having to transition. I didn't know this was a deal, but from piano to keyboard, you've got to flow even more in the keyboard with this kind of style. And so what happened with Dylan was he could read off a sheet, but when he came to worship, he had to flow a wee bit better, a wee bit more. But initially, it was more robotic, right? It was like, oh, what's next, Matty? Ooh, 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 ooh. It was more robotic because it wasn't in his subconscious mind. He hadn't trained himself to ever do it. But once he got past the awkward stage, now I look at Dylan, and, and instead of him just fully concentrating like this, on what's next, like, uh. now, now he's just like, yeah, woo. Where's the, where's the pad? There we go. Now he's just like, sorry, I, I killed it. Now he's starting to flow and his head's getting into it and he's starting to enjoy it. It's becoming fun. It's becoming enjoyable. What if your life in the word, in prayer, got past that stage of just going through the awkward motions of trying to create a habit and you started to actually enjoy it? What would happen in your daily life as you went to work and it became a normal thing and a habit to share the gospel and to invite people to church? You got past the fear of man. What would happen? How would God use you? You begin to bump your head like Dylan and start to get excited. Hey, I'm just excited for God to use me today because I'm in rhythm, I'm in fellowship with God Almighty and He can use me. I'm past the awkward stage of creating the habit of trusting God, of knowing that I'm a son. It's dealt with. I'm done. I'm not questioning. I'm saved. I'm not going to go keep going back to and fro. I'm saved by the grace of God. I'm not going to keep reminding myself, am I righteous or am I not? I'm not sure. No, no, I, I, I know I'm righteous now because I'm in the habit of t telling myself who I am. Now I just get to flow. I get to enjoy it. And you know what's going to happen with Dylan now? He's going to start to get creative. I'm speaking tunes over his life. I'm speaking melodies over his life. He's going to start to make music now. Because he's got past the foundational stage. God is a God of more. He doesn't want to leave you just with reading a portion of the Bible every day. And he doesn't want to just put stuff in your heart just to keep it there for the fun of it. No, God has caused you to be a vessel. An overflow of his Holy Spirit will come down in you and then be released through you. And people's lives like Anna's will be changed because of good habits. Is anyone with me? Can I get an amen? Can I get a yes? Because that's what amen means. Yes, I like that. Okay, we're going to finish up. I'm going to finish the rest of this message tomorrow. Or tomorrow. 
Does anyone want to go to church tomorrow? We can, let's just do a, a Monday night service. Tonight we're going to finish the rest of this message. And uh, it's just too much good stuff here. Go ahead. Come on. Dylan, now's your chance. Come on, let's flow. <laughs> or the band can come ahead on up. I love this statement. You can pay now with discipline or you can pay later with regret. But either way, you're going to pay. You can get to the end of your life and you can pay the price of regret. Look back on your life and think I should have shared that video of Anna's. It might have changed someone's life but I was too scared I wanted to look a certain way to my friends and family. I was too scared of what people might think, but does it matter now? Flow. God has called you to overflow. And so real quick, I need to get this in. As I was just going to skip forward to the halt part. I just want to give you something practical because I don't, we're just wasting our time if we're just playing games here and just trying to preach well and give you fancy messages. And We need practical stuff that's going to help us break the triggers of the bad habits. And this is one thing you can look at. It's halt. Everyone say halt. Halt. Write this down. Often, David, the story of David in the Bible, some of us know it. David was a man that loved God. He literally loved God. He was called a man after God's own heart, right? But David, that very man, fell in to sin, fell into a destructive habit, fell into something that didn't just happen overnight. And it actually says in the Bible that while all the other kings went to war, David stayed at home. You see, often... The time and the place matters. What, what patterns are in your life right now in those bad habits? Does it usually happen at a certain time and a place? Like I don't know anyone that really struggles with overeating when, when they attend the gym. Because it's about a time and a place. The time and a place affects your bad habits. Maybe, maybe it's usually at home when you're feeling down after work. That, that there's a time and a place that you always do that or maybe... Uh, you're falling into anxiety. And it's always in front of people in a certain scenario. It's usually not in a place where you're by yourself. There's, there's a habit. How do we break the triggers? Or maybe you struggle with porn or, or there's a, an addiction there sexually or, or, or something like that. How do we break the triggers? Well, often stuff like that happens in a time and a place, not usually when you're in front of your friends. Not usually when you're in front of People that love and care for you, usually when you're alone, in a dark place, and no one's looking, the secret place. And so time and place, how do we break the triggers? Maybe you, you find yourself out at, on, a, on a, I don't know, at, at the weekend or, or in certain environments that aren't helping you. I'm not going to tell you where to go and what not to do, but you're smart. You're a powerful person. You know what's good for you and what's hurting you, where you feel fulfillment and the peace of God and where you don't. And so, so, so there's maybe a place that, 
that you find yourself getting caught up with maybe overindulging with drink or, or drugs even, recreational drugs or there's a habit. How do we break it? You've got to ask yourself, who am I hanging about with? They say 57% of the habits that your friends have, you, you will likely have too. 57%. Some people would say, show me your friends and you've just showed me your future. You know, I'm not saying that you just go hang about with, with nice Christian people all the time, but I'm saying your core, if you, if you want to grow in faith, <laughs> you need a bunch of people around you that have got some stuff together that are in healthy rhythms. That's got to be your core, your foundation. I'm not saying you don't go and reach people who are, are trying to get through life and all that kind of stuff, but I'm saying if you want to get fit, you go, you go hang out with Johnny Walker for a few weeks and you'll probably get fit. You might die, but you'll get fit. And so, so who you hang about with, who you do life with matters. Break the trigger. What is the time and the place where I'm committing this, this destructive habit and break it? By saying, you know what, I'm not going to that place anymore. I'm going to have to let go of some friends that, that are maybe nice people, but they're not going to bring you forward. The bad habit will continue. You want to get fit? Well, go find some fit people. Go, 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 go get into a community of, of uh, fit people called a gym. Be around some people who are passionate about that. I'm telling you, catch it. I'll be honest, I'm struggling a wee bit myself. And I had these friends at university, and we'll finish here and uh, we'll get to halt in just a second. And, and my mates at university were, were ridiculous. Like they just not bench press in the living room, just cut up, six packs everywhere. And so honestly, I, because I was in that community and in, in that environment, it helped me, it, w it was easy to stay fit. It was easy, it was easy. To, to look after my health. It was easy to eat clean. It was easy for all those things because that's just what we done. It, it was a, a good habit. We encourage one another. And What about you? You, you want to grow? Not just in, in your physical form and, and, and fitness and health and mind. But if you want to be more positive, maybe you need to go find some positive people. Hopefully this is a positive place. We get encouraged and you go out lifted rather than feeling bad about yourself and we focus on the person of Jesus. Keep coming. Get into habit. Maybe you can go to a group. Maybe even get involved. Get into the Bible as a habit. Get around some people that read the scriptures, that actually share the scriptures, that actually pray for people. Watch how God moves. And so often, this is what happens uh, when we get caught up just like David did and he's seen Bathsheba and he committed adultery, it's often in times where we're hungry. There's a passion for something. Samson was hungry for connection with a woman, but he'd done it the wrong way. You see, bad habits are easy at the start, aren't they? But their payoff in the future is bad. It destroys what God has intended. And often when we're angry, you need a halt. You need to stop, break the trigger. Take 10 seconds and count <laughs> to 10. Anyone need that trigger? 
break the trigger. Lonely, when you're lonely, David was lonely. He, he, he stayed behind by himself. Samson went by himself and tired. Listen, <laughs> the amount of bad thoughts I've had after 10 p.m., it feels like the world's, has anyone done this? You feel like the world's just about to end and your life's a mess and then you wake up in the morning and it's all okay again. Anyone ever done that? You're not going to be honest about it if, if you have. And so, you know, that it's just so important that, that these habits will change your life and they will remove the power of the enemy of your soul from destroying your life. This is not about how to wreck your life. This is about how to, how to build your life. Goals are good. They're important. But it's in your daily wins that you overcome. It's in breaking the triggers. If you struggle to get up, move your phone away, out of the bed, into a cold place of the house. So you can still hear it. But at least when you get up, then you're up. And it's cold. And you're even more awake and see what happens. You read your Bible, get around some people. You can be accountable to you to go and meet them, to read your Bible with them. That helps me. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at ariatchurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Ariat Church Podcast.